Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. It is my responsibility to come from kindness, to not hurt or inflict pain. I trust the ripple effect heals others. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And thank you for joining us for this very hard-hitting um, topic. Um, as Jane just said before, probably very, very, very few or none of our Love Life listeners are suicidal, although we don't know who could find us trawling Google or iTunes or any of the above search engines or who could be hearing us on Kicks Radio or any of the shows. So if you are listening, we are really, really, really glad to have you here whichever point you're entering in from. The affirmation today, Jane, was extended as a support Yes, yes. to those who might need our help, um, yes. those who are not really loving life or themselves enough at the moment. Do you want to just quickly say anything yeah. about the words chosen? Well, look, the reason – well, I'll go into the story of the reason why. Okay, is that if that's all right. Let's just kick off. Yeah. Okay, all right. So I received uh, last week an email from um, the school my children go to from their principal – saying that a, a past student uh, had unfortunately suicided. And um, it was a really responsible uh, email. It was outlining uh, what the school was doing to support students that were affected by knowing this child or knowing siblings or family members, uh, but also how they were supporting the staff. It went into another article that explained what to look for in our children in case they were experiencing trauma as a result. Uh, as well as it gave um, a lot of resources. And it kind of just hit home once again just how traumatic this occurrence is and that suicide is unfortunately on the increase in Western society. Here in Australia we have 3,000 roughly people suicide each year, 75% of them are men. I've personally had friends that were absolutely suicidal uh, over my 53 years of existence um, and I feel I've always felt a very deep sense of responsibility from a very personal story that I didn't even know I was going to go there but I'm going there so when I was 12 I was very mean to a girl at school she wanted to come to my house to play and I had my special friend coming over that night which I was a bit excited about I didn't want anyone else there I just wanted my special friend and I so I was very cruel to this girl in that moment and she got on her push bike and she was crying and she got hit by a car and died that night. Well, I never heard this story before, Jane. Wow. I'm feeling it big yeah, time. I have done work on it but clearly not enough. This one's a bit buried, huh? It's still there, yeah. Yeah. Now, that was a big life lesson for a 12-year-old child to get and I got it. I got it big time. I have a responsibility. And I don't know. Now, that was a dreadful accident. It wasn't suicide. But it very clearly told me that our actions can cause deep trauma in others. It's not my responsibility for other people's happiness, but it is absolutely my responsibility to not be contributing that one drop in the ocean that causes that person to say today's the day I can't handle any more rejection. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do this episode because last week we talked about rejection and we did touch on loneliness and isolation and I thought let's go further here. So that's where the idea of, of talking about suicide has come from 
And that's where the affirmation has come from. And normal, healthy, balanced people who are very busy in their everyday lives actually don't understand the immense power, and I cannot reiterate this enough, that things like a smile can do to actually mean the difference between a life and a death taken in a day. One person might be smiled at in a supermarket by a stranger and it's that is enough that means they don't go home and finish the job. That's it. I always have that in my mind all you the time. N- you never know. And I'm so passionate about this that I actually spoke to a, uh, a guy who's a, a producer about wanting to do a, a show that is just about YouTube clips of this beautiful um, paying it forward, acts of kindness. You know, imagine having an hour-long show that you just watch that just is of the human spirit connecting with love. It would be amazing. I want to see that show. Well, there was one that came up. There was a story on Facebook, you know, the source of great information, except it is on this sort of stuff. It's brilliant. Because we're not going to get it on the news. You've got to get this stuff That's through right. Facebook and YouTube. That's right. Or Love Life Show. Correct. And so there was a gorgeous story about a mother who went to the parent-teacher interview at a school and uh, she sat down with the teacher and she had this list of all of the child's teachers and next to it was written yes no yes no yes no and this teacher said why have I got a yes here and she said well I have to share with you and the mother started crying and she said my daughter is in hospital Uh, she attempted suicide and I asked her which of my teachers do you want me to go and talk to and she said I want to talk to this teacher and the teacher went so she only wanted her mother to talk to the teachers that she felt cared about this child she wasn't interested in the teachers that she had felt rejected, um, not worthy of, not good enough, etc. This teacher said, can I write her a note? And she said, yes. So the teacher in that interview sat down and wrote a heartfelt, beautiful note. I'm getting tears in my eyes now about how beautiful and worthy this child was and how pleased to hear that, uh, that she's now getting help and that she's welcoming her back into her life when she's ready, blah, blah, blah. That teacher then went home and thought, wow, I need to write a letter to every one of my students. Now, she's a high school st- uh, teacher, so she had a 100-odd students, yeah, a couple of hundred students. a lot of students. She hand-wrote a letter to each one of them about how valuable they are. And I only read this a couple of days ago, and I thought, I need to do this. Now, we've talked before on a podcast about sending little random text messages, which I've done, but I actually need to do this. I need to just start writing, have a commitment that every Monday, Wednesday, Friday... When I'm lying in bed, I'm going to have notepad and pen, old-fashioned, and I'm going to write a letter to anybody in my life, anyone that I feel like, about how worthy they are. Wow. And just post it off. But imagine if every person on the planet had that commitment. Yeah. Would we have suicide? Would it exist? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, look, there is suicide where people feel it's not about lack of connection with people, that they're not loved or anything. It's they are in a desperate situation Correct. that they feel they can't get out of. Correct. So there are different reasons there are lots, for suicide. There are definitely different reasons. But what we are seeing is our young adults. This is where I'm really alarmed, is mm. our young adults. The, the rate of anxiety um, and what's that condition where they won't leave the home? They, they really isolate and will... Agoraphobia? So, something like that. Mm. Um, and depression, mm. in clinical depression mm. in our teenagers and young adults is horrendous. Yeah. And that's a stone's throw from suicide. So we've got to do something. There was another video t- this morning that I watched and immediately pulled off Facebook to use um, as a teaching aid in, with my students that I go to high schools to teach. 
Teacher stands in front of a room holding a $20 bill and says, who wants this? Everyone wants it. Teacher creases up the bill, says, who wants it? Everyone wants it. Teacher drops it on the ground and stamps up and down on it and dirties it and muddies it up and says, who wants it? Everyone still wants it. There's a lesson here to do with value and worth. It doesn't matter how bedraggled or beaten down or what your life story is or where you've come from or what you feel about yourself. Just by being here, you have a human right to happiness. Just by being here, your soul is worthy of being alive. It's all Just by being born, that's all you needed. You don't need anything else. Just the fact that your soul arrived means that you have exactly the same access code and passport to this dimension as every other soul that's come in or gone out. And what is suicide but... And you talked again, you talked before about the little girl on the bike. It wasn't a suicide, but it was an exit point. Yes. And we, you know, we've talked maybe a little bit before about entries and exits in some of our more spiritual shows. And this is the time to talk about it again, because as a spiritual person, psychic, people come to me and often they'll say at the end of a reading, can I just ask about, and sometimes they'll ask about a passed away grandma or grandpa or an auntie or something. But sometimes they'll ask about someone that they knew a long time ago, back when they were young. And it's a young person that died. And there's something about when young people die that always stays with us, doesn't it, for obvious reasons? Yeah, it's, it's just wrong. not meant to be. It's not natural, yeah. And so I've had the privilege of looking into um, some very different souls' lives and some different souls' stories over the years through these sorts of question asking that I get. And this idea of entries and exits. Um, and, in fact, Jane, it was you and Mel D at the um, the radio station we used to work at for Power FM when we had our national show um, that first taught me the idea of exit points. Was that you or Mel me. that really? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a, that was something that really helped me. I had a huge fear around death for many years and a lovely, wise lady um, put me on to Sylvia Brown, her work, and it was a book called The Other Side and Back, I believe. She's got quite a few books. Um, and she talks about exit points. Now, I can't remember whether it's five or seven. It doesn't really matter, but we have predetermined blueprint of, of our life, and, and these are points that we can check in and go, you know, have I done what I came to do or is it all too hard and I want out? And you might have usually, typically, there's one in very early um, childhood. There's usually one very late in life, but those other, let's say, three, you don't know where they are. Now, I don't want people to get paranoid here because you might add up, well, hang on, I've had four really bad close car or bad car accidents or something. I've dodged, I've dodged a death point, an exit point. Don't get, get paranoid about, oh, my God, I've only got one left. It's going to come yeah, soon. No. Don't go down not that about path, that. okay? And it's some not of them, like that. You might not have seen. Some of them might have been you didn't get on that plane or that bus and you that, would, and never Yes, know. as you talked about in last week's episode, yeah. 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 Um, so this idea of exit points. So the exit points are, as Jane's, this, this one theory is that there are times when the soul is faced with crossroads or choices to enter or exit this dimension. Um, and... Usually we mostly all choose to stay and still be here. When I talk to soul people about soul contracts and these blueprints Jane talks about, which is this idea that we do to some extent plot out our lifetimes before we come through. So it's this idea that you choose your father, your mother, your brother, your husband, um, significant people in your life, bullies, you know, neighbours, teachers, um, in part of your soul group. People who are going to come down that you're going to do significant work with, learn significant lessons through for the good and the bad. Um, anyone who will sort of touch your life in a really impactful way, whether for three minutes, three months, or 13 years or longer, for 35 years, you know, etc. 
So with the idea of a sole contract, of course, there is an entry. And this is the idea that a baby is born on its chosen numerology, astrology, um, through that stargate where everything lined up at that exact time that that soul came through, patterned with its own particular fingerprint. And then there's the idea of the exit point, which is some point that the soul feels that is enough time for their work on earth to be done. Now, a suicide is not a prearranged exit point from my understanding. Mine too. A suicide is when something has gone really wrong, uh, meaning the soul who's on the journey, a couple of things have happened, they've become really disconnected with themselves or too divorced from themselves, so they've actually lost any sense they ever had of their own blueprint map. They literally can't find it or they're so far from it, they don't know how to get back in alignment with themselves and keep on going. They just feel like all hope is lost. They are... They're too far off course. And the second thing is sometimes, and this is what I've seen channeling suicides for people, people that they know that have suicided, is that sometimes a soul will actually bite off slightly more than they can chew, meaning they think that they've got the strength to come down and do what they've asked to be put in front of them. But when they get down here, they kind of realise, whoa, I actually forgot how hard earth is or how hard this dimension is, and this is too much for me. A third reason I see um, why souls exit um, or suicide is when and there's, when there's no when there's no explanation for it. Like, for example, I'm thinking now of an 18-year-old boy who came from a very loving family, killed himself at 18, and nobody could could figure out why. There'd never been an incident of trauma that they knew of, like nothing. And often this is where my past life and spiritual psychic stuff kicks in to help people whereby that soul had come recently, quote unquote, from a very harrowing traumatic past life in which the soul committed some huge um, crime or something that the soul has not been able to forgive themselves for. They've brought through that incredible feeling of guilt into this lifetime. They have no idea what that feeling is. Um, or how to articulate it. All they know is they feel heavily depressed and heavily like they don't deserve to be here. Their their self-worth is so good. Now, can I just actually interrupt my own self at this point and talk about people with the kinds of diseases that kill you from the inside out? Like when people have, is it like, um, what are they? All of the autoimmune diseases is what I'm talking about. It's a similar thing. It's usually when the soul has come through with an incredibly deep level of guilt, self-loathing and self-punishment that the body doesn't believe that it deserves to be here. So it starts to kill itself either through a terminal illness, uh, one of those diseases that literally eats up the body and the flesh and the cells, um, or they just end up suiciding because they can't handle the strong emotions. They have no idea what they are or where they're from. These are some different scenarios I'm giving to people because obviously everybody listening can think of somebody who's taken their own life. The statistics are such that it's you're going to yeah. know someone. Yeah. And I'm trying to offer some solace as to how this can happen. Um, do you want to add anything? No, 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 keep point? going. Oh, this okay. is beautiful. So, so the, the first one that I touched on I think is the most important, and that's when I said basically what happens is a soul just gets too disconnected from their own self. They just get too lost. Now, Jane found some statistics earlier. Have you got them at hand, Jane? It was uh, around 3,000 people in Australia suicide each year. Okay. Now, I'm actually going to say that I believe they are an awful lot higher than that because a lot of people that die in car accidents are not considered suicide. 
and yet a lot of them are. You we, know, we definitely know people. Perfect that... sunny day, no bad weather. Right. Tree, uh, cars, always been a good driver, cars gone into a tree. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and the percentages, men, women? Uh, 75% men. 25% women. Now, this is really fascinating. Yes. And it's... this ties in with our emotional work, full bore. And this ties in with what I'm currently teaching teen males in schools. Um, for example, a couple of weeks ago, I was in quite a rough, low socioeconomic disadvantaged area. And the year 10 boys there were really struggling to stay with me on the subject matter, which was a lot of self-worth stuff. I talked about porn and sex and all that sort of stuff, body shaming, all of that. But it's when I was trying to talk about emotions and how they feel about themselves that they reached their crescendos of discomfort, disorganisation, teachers having to calm them down, interrupt, settle them back down again. And at one point I stopped what I was saying and I said, guys, I said, listen, I realise that it's really unfamiliar, awkward, embarrassing and uncomfortable for you to have to talk about your emotions. I realise that a lot of you either come from single mums or the fathers that you do have do not sit around and talk about their feelings. This isn't that kind of culture. But this is why it is so important and I'm asking you to bear with me and to try and do this with me now. And I was explaining why it's life skills and why we need this kind of stuff. When Jane says 75% of men... Uh, of suicides are men, as we all know, it's because men just do not have the same emotional role modelling from their their fathers, their grandfathers. It's okay to sit around and talk about our feelings. They also, though, do it's, not have the same support network. That's what I was about to say next. They don't have the male friends who say, mate, do you want to just call me up if you're feeling a bit blue? We'll talk about stuff. They don't get it through the media. They don't get it through society. They don't follow probably the positive affirmation bloody Facebook memes that all us chicks follow. It's just different, isn't it? And they always say when the women suicide, most women who attempt suicide do not want to die. They do it as a cry for help. But Tension. they they misjudge the, the amount, the dosage, yes. the, the, their inability or inability to do it, and they and that's what happens with women. So it's it's just it's such a modern problem because society is becoming more and more and more cold, sterile, generic, and isolating. That's why I wrote that affirmation. I just recently wrote an article that went out to um, all the GPs in um, my state. Uh, about the danger, well, what I am seeing in pandemic proportions is the newly separated male um, who is typically, I'm doing very big sweeping generalisation, but typically uh, marriage ends. They knew He knew he wasn't, they weren't particularly happy in the marriage, but he didn't think it was in that much trouble. The woman has traditionally emotionally left the marriage way before she physically did. By the time she physically does, she's done. She's gone. There's no going back. When she physically does, he's going, what's going on? This doesn't make sense. I thought we were okay. It's over. He's lost the wife. Often he's lost the children or he's on 50-50 shared custody perhaps. He often loses his friendship group because traditionally the woman has been the social organiser and so he's now completely socially isolated. All he has is his work. And I'm seeing these men that are um, falling into deep loneliness then Backing up with last week's podcast, they have the fear of rejection. Their self-worth is quite low after a relationship ending. They don't have any resilience at all. They're too scared uh, to socialise as a result. So they now have social anxiety. The anxiety actually then creeps into their work. It actually then moves into depression. And now 
If we don't do something about this, we've got a whole heap more men that potentially are vulnerable of suicide. So I see this as a cultural problem. I see it as a, a challenge and an opportunity. Now, I know the majority of our listeners are female, and apologies to the guys, but step in and do this as well. But, you know, this is the time for the true divine goddess feminine to really kick into action, lift her game, and do her work. And we have to support men more than they are being supported currently. Mm. We've got to understand them. I know as a woman that men can be the most frustrating things and ever created. But I also know for men that women can be the most, or they are the most frustrating creatures ever created. But we have got to start coming from love and connection. We've got to start coming from compassion and empathy. We've got to start coming from support and opportunity and stop the shutting down and the defense and the walls being put up. We have a responsibility to care for our neighbor. And here's another spiritual concept that I want to float about death and about suicide. We've got to lose this idea that when we die, all of a sudden everything is just, nah, and there's the pearly gates of heaven and you go up and it's like this kind of resort in the skies where everything is fine and everything is loving. And, you know, to some extent it is because a lot of the heaviness of the third dimension of earth will fall away. But to another extent, all you are doing is changing energy states. You're just changing matter. Where you're up to in your soul journey and your soul growth is exactly the same whether you're standing here or you're standing in a slightly altered dimension. So if you do choose to off yourself, which is a terrible slang word to use, but or and or even if you just die naturally, you are still taking through with you the story up to this point, which includes all of the programs and the patterns and the blocks and the traumas and the subconscious and all of the stuff that you've never worked on you don't just get suddenly upgraded and, oh, here's access to heaven and you're done now. You've graduated. No, you go back up to the big boardroom in the sky. Your spirit guides, who you think of as counsellors, sit down with you and they say, right, well, how do you think you went? Now, if you've suicided, you're going to say, I knew no way out. And the general feeling with a lot of suicides is that they actually regret it. It's, a re- it's, it's the very, 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 very last action any soul would want to take because it actually sets you back a little bit further. It's that idea that, look, you still got to do the work somehow, somewhere. Why prolong it? Why delay it? You're here in this lifetime. You've got everything lined up. The stuff that's making your life so hard is actually here to teach you. It's trying to highlight to you that there's areas of yourself that need radical upgrading. Now, you might feel really useless and overwhelmed and not sure where to even begin doing that. There are so many hotlines, services, advice, everything you need is at your fingertips and the universe is standing right next to you waiting to help you the minute you show the slightest inclination to want to get better, feel better, be better, do better. You just need to literally reach out a fingerprint and it will be at the end of your hand, the services and the hotlines and the things that are available. We'll put some up on the on Facebook after this show, um, numbers to ring, etc. You've really got to believe that this is not all there is in terms of the experience you're currently having. It might seem like your whole reality and it might seem like truth and it might seem like horror, but you've really, really got to believe that it's you're only seeing one facet of a very multifaceted diamond. I have had the privilege of speaking to more than a handful of people 
who have shared with me that they at a point in their life were suicidal. And I want to share that 100% of them are so pleased they didn't do it. So it is a permanent solution for what is normally a temporary problem. So if somebody comes to you and they are suicidal, get them all the help that you can. Get onto all the professional people. I'm not saying the Beck and I are putting our hands up for that. There are so many people that are uh, well-educated uh, with many resources to be able to help and support. But for you, if you can just help them come, just help them feel your love, help them feel their value, help them to not feel rejected, to feel worthy, to feel important, to feel connected, valued and supported, that they're not judged, they're accepted, that it's not dismissed as those problems aren't real because those problems are incredibly real to them. And watch that we don't compare victim stories. Sometimes when people are sitting down and sharing a victim story, we can sometimes jump in with a me too story. And I know that that's often designed to be connective, to like show, dem demonstrate empathy and compassion that I get it, yeah, me too. But they don't need to hear that if they think, well, how come she's coping and I'm not? Good point, Jane. There's another very um, noticeable pattern or trend that happens with people who suicide, which you must be aware of if you don't know this already. Oftentimes, somebody who's depressed for a very long time suddenly seems to snap out of it. They organize their room, they tidy up their desk, they sort out their life, they answer their emails, they might even go out and be really happily social and have a laugh and a giggle and you think, oh, I haven't seen them look this relieved and relaxed for yeah. years. That night, it's done. Yeah. That's right. It's when they make the decision to do it, and it actually brings them a great deal of peace and freedom in that moment that they've decided to take control of their own circumstance and to, to choose the exit point. So if somebody you know has been chronically depressed or really, really down low and suddenly for no reason whatsoever spikes right up, I would be eagle eyes on that situation. I would be getting that person alone and I would be having a serious chat to them. I wouldn't be letting them slip through your fingers. I'll be pinning them down. Yeah, exactly. And you've got to kind of just trust that if your heart is heart-centered, you know, it, it can be quite a fearful situation. It's a huge responsibility when you've recognized that somebody is potentially suicidal and, you know, that weights on your shoulders to help them. It isn't your responsibility entirely, but it is your responsibility to be there. And you've got to just check in with yourself that I'm coming from love and I'm doing my best. Don't overthink it. Just follow your intuition and just do whatever you feel is heart-centered. I'm stumbling on that. It's a bit awkward, but I'm trying to say you're not going to really know 100% what to do in that moment. We never do. Just do your best. Just do your best. Be there. Just That's show right. up. Just show up with your vibration for that person. Just look them in the, in the eyes. Because the saddest thing is that when people are really in a bad way and they are contemplating suicide, they're actually really hard people to be around. And so it, it, their actual behaviour perpetuates the problem because they actually will socially isolate themselves because nobody wants to be around them. They're too hard work, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so that's where, you know, I want to try and always show up. Sometimes I've got it right, sometimes I've got it wrong. I've done interventions. Some have gone right. I had one go dreadfully wrong. But I knew what my intent was. And at least we're putting a spotlight on and, and we're getting gathering the tribe around that person and, and doing the best we can. Mm. Um, now, on the other flip side of that is that if you are, have tried to help somebody and they have suicided, 
you have to be really kind on yourself and know you did your best. You can't play the what if game. Well, I wanted to talk about survivor guilt. If you're, if there's parents whose child killed themselves, you know, if it was a close friend, a family member, school friend, spouse, um, you are probably going to be left be left with endless mind games of if only on that day I had dot dot dot. If only I had noticed or joined those dots or you know done this thing well, or changed. I that. want to reference actually uh, a, a well known Australian speaker who had absolutely had survival guilt. Mm. It's a great book. It's called Soul, Soul Survivor uh, by Karen Smith. She, a uh, very short story, was uh, going to Bali to suicide and two of her friends kind of thought that something was up, so they went to Bali with her. Unfortunately, her two friends were killed in the Bali bombings and she survived. So talk about, you know, survival guilt. Great book, could really help. Mm, beautiful. It is my responsibility to come from kindness, to not hurt or inflict pain. I trust the ripple effect heals others. If you are listening to this and you feel like you're in trouble, we are, I'm going to put the hotline numbers underneath this show on Facebook. Otherwise, if you're not on Facebook and you're listening to this, reach out to the one person you know you can talk to or find that hotline and do it now. And that is an order. That is an order for Rebecca. You are worth being here. And we are really, really, really glad that you joined us today. And for everyone else, just keep those little antennas up. Just check for warning signs in your friends and family. Keep on situations. Look after the lonely people in your life. Look after the people you know are rural or isolated or don't have many friends. Keep that love extended. And even if it's just throwing a smile to the homeless man outside the supermarket or the derelict person in the park as you're walking across on your lunch break to work, these small acts of kindness really can change, unite and uplift the world. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.